Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you happen to be watching us. This great wide world brought together by the internet. We are the last three guys to do a podcast. I'm John Morgo with Daniel Bolt and Leon Brown. We are going remote today. I'm not feeling as well as should be. Um, so we decided to do a little of that in, in, in a uh, preponderance of caution. So, And I can't afford to get sick, at least not now. Uh, I'll be headed to Las Vegas to visit my f- mom on Saturday, so this might be our last show for a while, so I want to make sure I um, get everything in before we do before before um, time expires. So I want to thank Daniel and Leon for calling in today as we talk whatever's going on, and of course it's the NBA playoffs. Second round is... Second round is... Um, in full swing, got a game going on tonight. Golden State against Dallas. Game three of their particular series. Dallas is in a must-win situation. They're down 2-0. and The Warriors swept both games at, over at, at home in the Bay Area. And, of course, we got Miami and Boston. They're 2-1 and one, favor of the Heat in a series that's kind of been alternating back and forth. Miami, of course, has won the odd games, and uh, Boston won game two before it relocated to, uh, to the new Boston Garden over there in, in Boston. So, guys, uh, so far, series are going pretty much the way we thought. The only difference is Boston did get the game two victory. Uh, is, this a, is this a matter of what we refer to as the gentleman's sweep? Or do the Celtics actually have a chance as things go in go into their neck of the woods? Um, the, the Celtics have a puncher's chance. Uh, we got to look at the manner in which they lost last game. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they had a great comeback. I mean, that comeback they had going into the fourth quarter was excellent. But the fact that they were even down by that many points, I mean, they only brought it to them 15 by halftime. We got to look at the reason why, and this is despite Jalen having a 40-point monster performance. But the problem was that though Jalen Brown had 40 points, he had six turnovers. I believe Boston turned in close to about, if not, 20 turnovers. Yeah. Miami had them turning the ball over. Hold on, and this is the thing. People will, people will go off, well, you know, Jason Tatum was hurt. The story would be a whole lot different if Jason Tatum would not have been hurt. Uh, guys, Jimmy Butler was out the whole second half. And yet and still, Miami turned their turn. They, 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 they predicated their offense based on excellent defense, which was Miami's calling court the whole year. And that would be the reason why this can possibly be a gentleman's sweep, everybody. And they did this in Boston Gardens. This wasn't done in Miami. They're going back to Miami. Miami has has regained home court advantage. I think we're looking at, I mean, at the most, we're looking at Miami in six. This is not going seven. We're looking at Miami in five. And on top of that, I had it. Man, it's so many, it's so much impact here. Miami got a crucial piece back last night. I'm talking about that man, Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Who made the difference? Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler's action made a great difference. Bam Abbaio 
had his first breakout performance as soon as Jimmy Butler went down. That means people stepped up. Mm-hmm. And I like Boston. I'm not saying Boston's a bad team. But, you know, I but, believe that Boston. Yeah, but Miami's but, ranked number one for a reason. There you go. Everything that Boston does well, Miami knows how to dismantle. Boston wants to shoot a lot of threes. Don't worry about it. Miami will run them off the three-point line. What you guys want to do? You got to try something else. And we said this last series, right before I'm We said last series, Boston shooting 55 three-pointers. Ooh, it looks good. That's like a team having a bunch of home runs. That's not going to happen every game, guys. It's not going to happen every game. Shooting 53 pointers a game, that's bad basketball. If we look at two jump series, I'm going to stay on subject. But we look at the team that revolutionized the three-point offense, the, the four-out, one-in offense, Golden State. Right. Golden State dismantled. Dallas, you would think from the three-point line, wrong. Their tallest man to six foot seven scored last game against Dallas, six nine points in the paint. They beat him inside out. That's how you dismantle from the inside out. Warfare, you dismantle them from the inside out. Miami and five guys at the most six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I disagree with Miami and five. This will actually be a longer series than what people think it will be. Uh, let me tell you, let's dissect game three. I see Jalen Brown had 40 points, but he also had five or maybe six turnovers. Um, and to your point, Leon, in mentioning the turnovers, Boston had 23 turnovers last night. The starters alone had 22 of them. The starters had 22 of the 23 turnovers in this game last night. Now, does game, what's different from game three than game two? Here's the difference. Boston won game two. Miami won game three. Miami looked just as bad in game two, just, just as Boston looked as bad as game three. Those were road victories. This is a series now. What do we always say? Teams that win on the road, when you have a series that's a best of seven and each team gets a road victory, it's a series now. I am not to believe that Miami can win game four tomorrow night. Here's why. Miami was up by almost 30 points last night and ended up winning by six. Boston made a comeback, made a charge, but... Shots were made. Bam out of bio. He, he took over. Thank you for finally showing up to the Eastern Conference Finals, <laughs> Bam out of bio. Because he had 16 points in the first two games combined and eventually ended up scoring 16 points in the first half in game three. He had the show up game. Jimmy Butler goes down. You lose him. But, Leon, I agree with you. The, 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 the series, the game changes Kyle Lowry because here he is, a six-time All-Star, um, a first-team All-NBA, one-time NBA champion with the Toronto Raptors, and he's a pivotal defender. Now, the question is, what was he going to do coming back with that torn hamstring? We don't know. I do know this. If Miami can pull off that same performance, which I don't think they will. I think Boston wins this game uh, Monday night, guys. <laughs> But you, you can't have a game like that 
to where a 40-point performance is overshadowed by turnovers. That can't happen. Jason Tatum, yes, I get it. You're hurt. Everybody's hurt on that team, things like. And, and, and man, did it seem like it was World War Three? Like I said, everybody went down. Tatum went down. Marcus so, Smart had an ugly, had an ugly takedown. Marcus Smart had an ugly ankle injury. He fell on his ankle real bad. Jimmy Butler goes down with a knee problem. That's going to be a question. That's going to be a concern, too. The Heat beat Jimmy Butler. No matter what people say, the Heat beat Jimmy Butler because he is the sparkler. He starts everything. The engine. And I don't think that they could do it. And until Tyler Hero can get his shot back, then I don't know if Miami's going to be – is he going to win this series? I like Miami. You like him in five, Leon. I like him in seven. I still think this series goes seven games. I think Boston has to win tomorrow night for it to go seven games. I don't think that down 3-1, I don't think that they can get it done going back to Miami and, and it goes five. I could be wrong, and you could be right about this. But I, I'm, I'm not going to look at game three. I'm looking at both games two and three yeah. because equally – it, it seemed like it was a mirror image of each other. All, all of what happened was that there was a switch in uniform to me and a switch in venue. That was the only thing I saw from that last night. Yeah. I, I, just, um, I just believe that everything that Boston does well Miami knows how to stop it. And good, and you can have great offense, but Miami's calling card this year has been decent. Matter of fact, Miami has been known to dismantle great teams. We've seen this a couple years ago when they got the Milwaukee Bucks. They 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 built what's called, they had the wall set up for Giannis, where Giannis had to go off and um, beat Miami at the mid range and couldn't do it and end up losing the series in six with Miami coming back, winning four games in a row. This team, this Miami, this Miami team, remember this Miami team represented the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago um, against the Lakers. You know, they, mm-hmm. they've done this before. Bam Ababaro has, has made deep runs in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler has made several deep runs in the playoffs, going back to his days with the Bulls. So the experience is there. Um, I would say this, and I'm going to go off and I'm going to give a little caveat on this. If Jimmy Butler comes back healthy, and that's a big if, he comes back healthy, I'm sticking with my pick. If Jimmy Butler is not back all the way healthy, as he, you know, at least enough to be, enough to make a significant impact in the series, I'm going to go with what you said, Daniel. I believe that, that's, that's very legit. Then what I say, I'm still saying he. It's just going to happen now. It's going to happen later. But it's going to happen. Next, the Heat, the Heat have taken out Atlanta. They've taken out Philadelphia. They've taken out Boston. I mean, or they're taking out Boston. They are going to be, uh, they really know how to play defense. They really know how to go at their opponents and attack their weak points. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I like my, I, and Miami's just been this under-the-radar team all season, just quietly going up about its business. And getting the be- getting that number one seed, and now they have the best record of any team still around. Now with Phoenix is gone, so it does look like that. Hey, we might have a Miami and what Miami Golden State, depending on what game Miami three looks Golden like. Well, depending on what game three looks like tonight. It goes back to what you said last week. What was that, Daniel? It goes back to what you said last week. 
when you seen that scuffle erupt in the middle of the game where Eric Spoelstra is throwing, it's throwing the clipboard as a star player, and you got you, you know, saying UD Mister Three Hundred Five is standing up and they're, they're at each other's throats, and that opposing team is like, "What? What's going on yep. here?" I mean, they, they, this looks like the scene potentially also Major League Part Two. <laughs> Yep. These guys, and, and what did you say, Daniel? They, they, they might win the they, they might win it all this year. They're, they're definitely going. These yep, guys, they each other. because they fought because they couldn't stand each other. They couldn't stand. They couldn't stand what they were playing for for eighty two games. Like they, they couldn't stand the fact that oh man, this is a long season. So everybody's kind of frustrated and everybody's just kind of finicky and all of that stuff. And, and that happens because when when you when you have that intensity. Because you're talking about guys who they're not fighting because they hate each other. They're fighting because they're on the same mission. And you, Doug, you, Donald Haslam, who who has been Eric Spolster's right-hand man for many, many years now, and and has accepted the fact that look, I, I'm not I'm not here to play like that anymore. I'm an ambassador now. You know what I'm saying? And He's accepted that fact. You're just not gonna get up and expose face. I don't give. A, I don't care who you are. You're not gonna get up and expose face and just think you just, just talk to him any old kind of way. But yeah, that's that's my whole thinking of it. And listen, going back to Boston and going back to Miami, Miami, terrific defensive team. I think that they play. They play. Their defense is disruptive. However, the Boston Celtics also probably had the toughest one. First off, you had to take out the Brooklyn Nets. They did have Kyrie Irving. They did have uh, Kevin Durant. You had to worry about them. Marcus Smart said it. We were going to have to take them on anyway, so why not take them on now? Bam, get rid of them in five. Or in four. Excuse me, they swept them. Uh, uh, get rid of them in four, in, in four games. Next, you got the defending champion with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, they did not have Chris Middleton. But Giannis was still a beast on the inside, and they had to take them seven games. That was a beat-em-up style def- uh, defense that they had to play in Milwaukee. Now you got uh, 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 Miami, who has the best defense in all of the NBA. Now you got to combat that, and now you got to deal with that because that's going to be a rugged series. That's going to be a tough series as well. And even if you go to the finals, potentially against Golden State, you're going to even have a harder enough, uh, a more harder time. If you can get out of this Miami series, you're going to have a harder time. So now you got to stop four, five, six, seven, eight players on that team because Golden State runs deep. So for Boston, to me, it's, I just think that the role for them, I think they're just a little beat up and they're going to be beat up. And that's why I, I really can't pick them to win this series. Well, for one, I think Miami's better. I mean, they're a better basketball team. They're a deeper basketball team, slightly deeper than, than Boston. But it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this thing uh, going through. Um, hopefully, we hear some good news on both sides. We hear that, that Smart's injury is not bad. We hear that Tatum's injury is not bad. Uh, we hear Butler's, We hope that Butler's injury is not bad. And we hope that they can all be on the court and they can make it a legit series. Yeah, I want to. I want to see. Yeah, I, I, I want to. This right. I'm, I'm not. This is not taking away anything off 
at Boston as a basketball team. I think Boston is an excellent basketball team. They have an excellent core of Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, obviously with the 40-point explosion last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they, I believe that Boston should keep that core together for years to come, regardless of outcome. Regardless of outcome. And I believe they're well coached. And they have the resume to put. The, they have the resume to put. You, you, you got swept a Kevin Durant-led team. And he had Kyrie Irving swept him. Yep. You cannot take that away from them. No. It's just it goes back to what you said, Daniel. I believe they're just running up against a just a a better team in Miami. I just think Miami's just better. Yeah. And there's no shame on Boston. Exactly. So. And that Milwaukee series took a lot out of Boston. And let's be honest, the heat the heat kind of got through Philadelphia pretty easy. So I think Miami is also just rested more, better rested, better conditioned. And you look at Miami, uh, looking ahead to possibly Golden State. Yes, they are going to defend outside, but Golden State's got so many outside shooters, it'll be hard for them to pick up up everybody, and that's what they're going to have to do. But I think with that is you can't let Steph Curry beat you. Or inversely, try to uh, let's let Steph do whatever he wants and make sure everybody else doesn't beat you. Either one well, or the that's, two. That's the, that's the thing about Golden State. Even though I think Golden State will be crying. That, that brand of basketball, that four-out one-in, yep. it's pretty good in a regular season. Very pretty. I mean, doesn't, doesn't, all those three-pointers, wow, switch. Yeah, they no make great helmets. High-fiving. That does not translate to playoffs. It doesn't. If you look at it, Steph Curry has how many MVPs? Two. Yeah. Two. Yeah, the regular season MVPs. You know, we look at Clay Thompson, great shooter, arguably the second to third, fourth, top five greatest three-pointers of all time, shooters, as far as we're concerned. That does not translate well in the playoffs. If you remember 2016, though that was six years ago, this team has aged like wine. We remember that like yesterday. They were, if it wasn't for Kevin Durant, what's Westbrook choking? They'd have took that team out. They'd have took them out. You know, during the, during the NBA Finals of 2016, Steph Curry, they, they had to give, they, they, uh, 2015 and in 2016, Steph Curry, that, 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 it's just that brand of basketball. 53s a game basketball, 40, 43s a game basketball, low percentage basketball. It just it, it doesn't really translate well into championships. You know, I, I believe I believe that Golden State can win, but Miami is best built to beat them because if you run those guys with three point line. And like John said, they have a lot of shooters. I mean, these guys are running all around the place. It's going to be very difficult. You know, but that brand of basketball, you either blowing people out or you're getting blown out. So, here's the thing. You're right. Their their brand of basketball doesn't, uh, doesn't equal championships. But their brand of basketball equal championship. Oh yeah, 
Golden State has won three of them doing that, doing what they do best. And and do y'all remember what I said last week? If Dallas was to somehow get out of that series, which, which they did, and they shocked everybody with that, I, that was just a god awful performance. I don't know where Phoenix thought they were, if they thought they had another game left, or if they if they were still in Dallas. I don't know what happened to them, but they got blown out their shoes and they got blown out their mind last Sunday, right after we did this show. Um. I, I told y'all that Dallas would get swept by uh, by Golden State. I'm still sticking with that. There's no such thing as a gentleman sweep here. Uh, Dallas will get swept, and Dane actually gave me that kind of like clearance. Um, they were up by as much as 19. And here's the thing, Leon. What John and, and what. What Golden State did was just completely out of character of them. They walked them down like Chuck and Shaq and those boys said the other night. They walked them down by saying, okay, if we chop you down just by inch by inch by inch, by going inside the lane and going and going in and hitting two-pointers instead of uh, shooting ourselves out of the game, maybe we can do this. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're still a smart team. Remember, they still been through this before. They have done this already. They have done this already. And when I look at these, when I look at them, and, and they and they just completely just walk them down. So at one point, it, the lead was nineteen. The next minute, it was twelve. Next minute, it was six. The next minute, they're up by six. And Luka Doncic, the Doncic does not have that next level superstar. Jalen Brunson is going to be a phenomenal player in this league, but he he's just not he's not on the level of Draymond and Clay and Steph. That's the core three that has done this before already. And and by the way, so I had a friend of mine who asked me. Uh, who in the world is the recruiter on, on on Golden State's team? Because where did you find Jordan Poole from? Yeah. And, and yeah. what did this What happened? Like, like you just started the stuff. And, and guys, Wiseman is not in the lineup. Tavon Looney, who had twenty one and twelve in Game Two, showed up and showed out. That was the X factor. Jordan Poole is no longer an X factor on this team. He is actually a great player now. He is actually that fourth piece on this. Excuse me, he might be the fifth piece because we can't forget about Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins can't forget about Wiggins. Listen, Golden State with that veteran leadership and with those three guys that I just named, Wiggins, Poole, and Looney, if they keep doing their job, I just don't see. How they Dallas could possibly get a game. I just don't see how, though. I'm not ready to give them a game. They have to show me tonight or they have to show me Tuesday night. I'm not ready to give them a game. I think this series ends Tuesday night and Golden State will be ready for June 2nd. And they'll be rested. They'll be ready to go to either Miami or Boston. See, two names you named, Daniel. And really, I'm going to name three, but he's hurt right now. And that's Gary Payton II. 
these guys have Andrew Wiggins always been a great player. He was a great player going back to Minnesota. He's a little inconsistent, but he was a great player. This has everything to do with the culture of the Golden State Warriors. These guys, they get to the Golden State Warriors. Andrew Wiggins, he's, you know, he's kind of teetering. He, he was kind of teetering around average. Remember the big blow that, that, Jimmy, that him and Jimmy Butler had in Minnesota? Jimmy, um, that man for Andrew Wiggins was a big part of the reason why Jimmy Butler didn't even want to play in Minnesota anymore. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins has come to Golden State, has come to Golden State and seemingly turned and won it. This man was checking Luka Doncic's 94 feet, everybody. He's like, yeah. guard. I, I, I got him. I got him. He, remember the narrative about Luka Doncic after they pretty much dismantled the Suns in that way? Luka Doncic earned that narrative. That was a huge yeah. takedown of the, of, of the former. Western Conference Finals champions, or the former Western Conference champions. I mean, this, this right here, they dismantled a 64-win team and pretty much has everybody looking at the great Chris Paul like, hey, bro, it, it, it may be time to retire. They have that type of trophy in their case. And for them to walk into Golden State and get dismantled in the manner in which they, I'm talking about walking them down, 69 points, in the paint, and your tallest man is six seven. They may go. That's not supposed to happen. That's unbelievable, Leon. Sixty nine points in the paint. That's Golden State. Sixty nine in the paint. That 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 was unbelievable. And that 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 stat right there. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that stat right there showed me. It it, it showed me and it told me that my prediction may have been right about this. They, they, I'm sorry, Dallas is just not ready for this. They're not ready yet. They're not ready. Everybody was saying, oh, yeah, you know, we've seen what Dallas can do. This is, you know, we saw what they did against Phoenix and this and the No, sir. No. It's a healthy Golden State team. Of course, Wiseman is out, but they don't need him right now. This is a healthy Golden State team. Phoenix, on the other hand, Chris Paul can't carry Chris Paul's 37, man, can't carry you. Devin Booker, you can tell that he didn't have his game to where he was he he was just erratic. And I think that he was still hurt. I think he came back too early from a hamstring injury. And DeAndre Ayton was just not ready to take over just yet. And that's why I think that that went and, and Dallas took advantage of that. And, and Dallas, uh, also, why would you shoot threes and you're up? Why don't you go to the bucket? Dallas was still letting that thing fly. They were still letting it go. And they were missing the shot, man. It just, it, the game plan should have been flipped the other way around. But Golden State said we ain't going to panic. Y'all up 19. Y'all still got to win this game. Mm-hmm. And, and Luka Doncic, he is not a great three-point shooter. Yeah. As Dallas go, as Luka goes, Dallas goes. I, 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 said, I believe that Dallas is like Boston, great basketball team. There is no shame in this. But they're just going against a – like both Boston – Boston has experience too. Remember, this core is the same core 
that took a LeBron James led Kevin Cavaliers to almost they almost eliminated LeBron James and Kevin Cavaliers back in 2018 with no Kyrie Irving. Yep. So there's no these are you know these are these are both great teams. It's just that we're looking at two teams that are just a little more experienced. Golden State has done this before. They they've been here before. And they know how to make the adjustments. These guys, with your tallest man out there being Draymond Green, like Chuck and Shaq and a gentleman at TNT said, they walked that down. And, you know, I'm watching our competition. You know, Patrick Beverly was on um, ESPN first tape. Yeah, he's been on all week. He's been on all week. And he was free. And I think, let me tell you, I would expect better to be a guest in our show. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, this man has a future in broadcasting. Yes, he, he does. He, 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 he seemed to be a natural. He, and he kind of knows that, that he, to, the important part is to get people talking. And his opinions yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and his unfiltered opinion about Chris Paul, like, man, like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's real personal between those two. But on to – with Petrovi saying, I mean, he had high pressed Luca. He said that he was on the phone with Paul George, and he was like, "Yeah, we got to prepare for Luca." And you know, what I'm saying Luke, Luca this and Luca that. It seemed that Golden State was like sitting here; they were unfazed, and they had the game plan for that man. Make him just just make him uncomfortable. He likes to body up. Make him uncomfortable because you know, Luca's a big guard. Luca's about what six seven, two and some change. That's that's a big man. Yeah, I think they got him listed at six seven. Very unorthodox style of play, but it works. Like it, it it's just a, <laughs> the way he plays. Listen, he's a superstar to me, <clears throat> but a superstar that just that just doesn't have enough to get over Golden State. And, and listen, they may get a game into this because Luka Doncic would just have to have one of those games. And I'm talking about a forty ten and ten game. Like he's gonna have to have one of them to get one game out of Golden State. And, and listen, if you have someone coming up to you and defending you nine, all ninety-four feet, listen, that, that's gonna be tough to do. That's gonna be tough to combat. So that means Jalen Brunson and, and Sandy Smith and all of those boys are going to have to step up and make some big plays. And Jason, and Jason Kidd, who was a tremendous. Uh, basketball coach who has done a great job with this thing. Excellent. He's gonna have, he's gonna figure out the he's gonna figure out the adjustment. But Steve Kerr, who of course, listen, uh, uh, it's no it's no denying that a lot of people have looked down at him and they said, oh man, you know what this guy, this was Mark Jackson team took over and, and the fourth. But listen, it. If he hasn't proven the doubters wrong now, I don't know what else he has to do to show you what he can do. This guy doesn't have Kevin Durant, and he is still on the verge of winning an NBA championship, and he was able to keep this course together. Like, this is like another another rendition of Michael Scotty and Dennis. You, you know, if, if one guy goes, and, and I hope that this happens, there's a swan song for all three of them that they get to retire the same year 
at the same time with the same team together because I think that they they deserve that kind of stature. They have been tremendous. Uh, it, they've been a pleasure to watch these last what I, I say ten years now. Yeah, they've been a pleasure to watch. Steve Kerr is going to get his flowers after they retire. It's the same way with Eric Spoelstra. Eric Spoelstra will get his flowers. He he. It's like Eric Spoelstra got his respect as a coach as soon as um as soon as the Big Three dismantled. I remember when back in 2011 when the Big Three lost to Dallas. Eric Spoelstra didn't get any blame. If you guys noticed that, they, matter of fact, this is the year if you guys remember when um. Chris Bosch was on ESPN first thing. Chris and um, Skip Bears just lit into him. Mm-hmm. They didn't have they, He's like, you know, and I remember uh, Jay, what, what, was the, what, what was the former um, host of uh, Jay? Um, they kind of said, yeah, Jay Crawford, they kind of made a, a passing joke about Eric Sports talking about, well, well, why are we not throwing Eric Sports on the bus? Because he's not getting blamed because they won. He's not getting any credit. You know, and that's the way that people are looking at Steve Kerr to a certain degree, especially in the years when they had Kevin Durant. Steve Kerr really didn't get that much credit for those championships, which makes them, which, and even though he has the core, he, in the, the core that he has was not of his own making. It was of Mark Jackson's making. Everybody kind of still thinks that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when that, when, when, when that core breaks up, if and when they do, which, you know, Steph Curry is 35 years old now, Clay Thompson is around the same age. They're all about to say they're, all, they're getting older. Mm-hmm. But then the next three or four years, I would say that, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, we can say the same thing about Phil Jackson. Right. You know, Phil Jackson, you know, he, he walked into it. You know, Bill Collins was the person who pretty much, you know, he, he was there with Chicago Bulls before Phil Jackson got there. They didn't have much success. So Jackson gets there, the team matures. You know, he takes the next level. Phil gets all the credit. But have you ever seen Phil Jackson coach outside the Hall of Fame roster? No, we haven't. I don't think so. He ain't no. about to do it. He is not about to do it. I remember back in 2014, yeah, 2014, when the Lakers had Dwight Howard and um, – you know, and Kobe Bryant and, and that team that's put together was an epic, was an epic disaster due to the, um, you know, it's just one of the good, it, it, it was supposed to be a good team. But Phil Jackson was about to come down and coach that, but Phil Jackson refused to coach Carmelo Anthony and the Knicks. Yeah. He, he wasn't going to do that. He wasn't going to do that. No, no, wasn't going to do it. That man, Phil Jackson, is like Dr. Dre trying to drop another album. <laughs> <laughs> he is not trying to disrupt his legacy. Like, no, I'm not about to do that. Uh-uh. So that's what Steve Steve Kerr, he's going to get his flowers. Like, Eric Sposter got his flowers. Eric Sposter's proven he'd been to the finals since LeBron James and the victory at this mantle. I don't think Eric Sposter has really missed the playoffs in forever. And by taking this team, potentially – to the NBA Finals, potentially, because the series is not over yet. But by taking the Miami Heat potentially to East, um, to, to the NBA Finals again, twice in three years, man, Eric Spoelstra is a Hall of Fame coach, everybody. Hall of Fame coach. Going, he, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's no question. No question about that. Yeah. No question. Got to get the props. Man can coach. 
And this is after, remember when, um, remember the Miami Heat got shot back in 2006? And, um, um, Pat Riley came down from the front up and fired Sam Van Gundy? Yep. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> we thought this was going to happen, and everybody thought it was going to happen in 2011. Well, LeBron James came, um, came to the Heat. They thought that Air Spoelstra was going to get, was Pat Riley's going to come down from, from that office. And um, fire Eric Spoelstra and take the credit. Mm-hmm. And to a certain degree, everybody, that's what Steve Nash, you know, people thought Steve Nash was going to get the same type of credit. You know, he, he won't, they're going to put together a great team, a core of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Steve Nash is going to sit back and, you know, just walk into the situation and he ain't got to do too much coaching. Steve Nash, I'm surprised Steve Nash is, he, he, he might have losing his job. To get done like that, like we might have, we might have to bring a real coach here. It's not, and I believe personnel does have a lot to do with it. But you need to have that that basketball mind that knows how to make adjustments. Yep, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And adjustments, how you handle the adjustments, how you uh, do the adjustments, that's. That's how you figure out how patterns, you get the championships. Substitution patterns, all that. And, you know, that's when, when you know, when you look at someone like LeBron James, you know, LeBron James is, you know, I believe LeBron James can make a great coach one day. <laughs> make a great coach one day. Oh, yeah. You know about them adjustments, substitution patterns. The man's like a, a prodigy. That's what you need as far as your coach is concerned. And I, that's, I, I like Boston. I like mm-hmm. Boston. But they have to make adjustments on their on, on the way they run their offense right now. The way they run their offense is insufficient. That's not going to just not going to get it done. They're not going now. It's to the point where you, when, when you're, whenever you're committing twenty plus turnovers in the playoffs, twenty plus, that's not going. Uh, uh-uh. there needs to be adjustments. There need, it's to the point where the team is offense is predicated upon your mistakes, and they know you're making them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's that's not going. Uh uh. That's not going to work. And I, like I said, I believe the only reason why they made out the last series was, you know, um, you know, Miami, maybe they didn't have Chris Middleton, but whenever you shoot 50 plus threes, uh-uh. I'm, I'm, that, that's really, the only time teams shoot that many three-pointers is when they're down. Yep. You know, you're shooting that many three-pointers in a victory, that's like, that's not good basketball. That's like wrecking basketball. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a fan of that at all. That's my take on that. Also, um, everybody, I'm, I'm thinking about coming up a petition. Do you guys think a petition should be made for Chris Paul to retire? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, need, we only need about six signatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, great. Phoenix won. I, I don't know what happened. Like, you know, ever since that man turned 37, it's like he just, his game just fell off a cliff, man. Exactly. Exactly. So, I guess what we're saying is that Boston's a good team. Miami's better. Golden State's a good team. Miami's better. And we're going to see Miami and Golden State in the championship, and it's probably going to be the Heat taking the trophy. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to wait. 
I'm picking Golden State to win that series. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I know we're, we're thinking ahead because, you know, things can happen. A lot can happen between now and then. But as it looks right now, I think that's when we're all going to call. I got to do some more homework on that. Mm-hmm. I got to do some homework now. I got, I got, I got to look at, I got to look at some more numbers. I want to look at the percent. I'm going to look at, um, I got, I got stated percentages and everything. Yeah, I better come up better. Not sure how long we're going to be on the hiatus. Of course, the NBA finals could be over. We don't know. Yeah. But, um, I'm, I'm just going to go out on the limb and I'm going to say it. I, I think the Golden State Warriors will win the NBA championship this year. Yeah. Um, well, one second, Daniel, before you continue. Uh-huh. You know, usually, you know, Steph Curry's a 40% three-point shooter. As of late, he's been shooting underneath that. He's been, like, around, hovering around the 36, 35, between, 36 and, between 37 and 35%. So, you know, that's my only caveat. That's the only caveat with that. I believe that Golden State will win the finals as well, too. I just wanted to see... Um, that's good. That's good. I'm John Morgan with Daniel Bolton, Leon Brown. We're talking about the NBA playoffs. Uh, trying to figure out what else is going on. Hockey's moving on as well. But uh, Braves, let's talk about Braves for the last 20 minutes of this show. I think it's kind of interesting because Atlanta, this is what I like. Atlanta's pretty much doing the same thing as before as last year, but again, everyone's complaining that the, that the uh, sky is, the roof is about to fall in on the Braves. And the thing of it is, we just saw what they did last year. They had the same thing. They went all the way. And now here we are again, same situation. It's almost like the, it's almost like the championship never happened. Never happened. I mean, can we, can we just enjoy a championship and not, uh, and not, Go all doom, doom and gloom on people. Yeah, I, I, I get your point, but and, and again, this is the same thing that happened last year. The Braves got off to a rocky start. They were under five hundred from August or whatever time it was, and then they made three moves in the off season that propelled them onto an eventual World Series title. The difference here is that the starting pitching that we have is just not really doing all that great. Charlie Morton has started off struggling. Matt Freed has struggled a bit. Ian Anderson is not where he needs to be at. So there's been a, a lot of that. And then we're trying to see what Ronald Acuna is. <coughs> Excuse me. In terms of his in, in, in terms of his health, because that was a nasty ACL injury he had last year. I see that Ozuna is back to hitting the baseball very well, but the team is just not there. And they're still trying to get over the fact that Freddie is not there anymore. Yes. Like, they, they're trying to get over that. And Matt Olsen is a great compliment to Freddie Freeman, but it's still not Freddie Freeman. You know, and I'm not comparing the two players, but it's just a matter of, you know, we've had Freddie, what, 10, 11, 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. We've had Freddie for a long time, for an extended amount of time. And and that locker room just don't look the same without him, you know? And I don't 
don't know. I, I don't know if they're going to find the confidence level. Listen, I don't expect for them to finish with the best record in baseball. I think that's going to be the Dodgers. Right. The Dodgers are always the best team in baseball every year. But the Dodgers have been the best team in baseball the last three seasons, and it's gotten them, a, and it hasn't gotten them a championship. Yes, yeah, yeah, they got they got a championship, didn't they? Maybe not last year, but didn't they? If it's been if it's been within three years, then yes. If yeah, they were the last three, yeah. I think they I think they won that first one the year before it was. Oh god! I, I gotta look that up. I think yeah, I'm gonna look that up right now, but I'm sure they've won it in the last. I'm sure they've won it in the last couple if, of years. If they got it in 2020. Yeah, two years ago. So they won it for the Braves, right? That's what yeah, I figured. So they won it. Yeah, they beat the Braves two years ago. So that's my thing. They, they've gotten one, and we've and got we've one. Seen them, yeah, yeah. They at least got one, and we've got one, right? So, and, and they're off to a fantastic start. Uh, the Dodgers, twenty-five and twelve. The last time I checked, was their record. So, and they could, and I think it's higher than that because that was as of yesterday. I saw that record. So, I mean, I, it's too early. It's too long of a season, and it's too early for me to say Atlanta is out of it because I had seen this from them before. I had seen what they can do. We've seen what the, the comeback trail that they can go on. But I tell you what, though, those Mets, man, they they do watch the Mets. <laughs> The, the Mets are, are doing what they're supposed to do. They're hitting the baseball well. They're pitching is strong. They might do something. And I know we were kind of afraid of the Phillies last year, but the Phillies fell apart. But, you know, we'll see what happens with this, with this team. This year. I think the only team the Braves really have a very lot in the East is, is really the, the New York Mets. Yeah. Mets have gotten their first uh, semblance of bad luck. Uh, they don't have Scherzer and DeGrom. They're going to be tied up with injuries for a, for about another month. And that's that's who they were counting on. That's who they were counting on to do, to uh, carry them. Now that they don't have them. So this is the time that if you want to catch up to the Mets, this is the time to do it. Yep. Yeah. It makes you wonder, what was the problem thing about with, with, in, in a pretty free situation where they couldn't come to an agreement? I mean, what's going on with that? Like, uh, you know, it the, depends the, on how hard they tried. I don't think they tried really hard. I think once they got Matt Olson, they realized, okay, we're getting a guy cheaper, younger, and someone with more and someone with potential to grow into a player that could possibly eclipse Freddie when he gets of age. Mm-hmm. That's that's my opinion. I don't think they I don't think they went into it very. Uh, I think your microwave is re- is ready, Leon. Is that your microwave? No, no, no. It's it's a wrap. All right, I got it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think they were going younger. I think they were going cheaper, and I think they were going more upside. I think they thought that Freddie Freeman had pretty much plateaued. This is the player. He, this is the player he's going to be. And with uh, Matt Olson, you got a local kid from Parkview High School that might get more fannies in the seats. And, you know, I just think they just saw more upside with him. So I don't th- – so as much as we wanted Freddie to come back, I don't think the Braves' front office, Brain Trust, was too keen on bringing him back. I think they w- they might have wanted him to, but it was going to have to be at their price and it was going to have to be at a discount. Yeah, the production is a but it, it kind of reminds me of the movie. 
It kind of reminds me of the movie uh, Major League, where Tom Hanks is screaming, there's no crime in baseball. That's a league of their own. Let, oh, my bad. Yeah, but that's right. League of their own. But we have substituted with this. There's no loyalty in baseball. No, there isn't. <laughs> no, the only loyalty is to the bottom line, and that's what, and even more so than the uh, than the wins. If you can get wins with a low bottom line, great. But you're going to have to pay for the wins. And if you can get all the uh, advanced revenue from the wins to make up for the low bottom line, hey, that would be great too. Yeah. And, and the reason I say that is because you had two players that come to mind. I think of the, like the Freddie Freeman from talking about the, the guys who've been with um, teams for a decade plus. Shipper Jones, who played for the same team that we're, that we're talking about, and, uh, and A-Rod. Mm-hmm. You could imagine an doing A-Rod like that. Yeah. You know, man, and you know the the Braves, but you know we could. Uh, but Chipper Jones, Chipper Jones was productive. The whole time he was here, so it's like you know, I was that kind of shocked with that one. So, Leon, how, uh, since you live over by there, how would you say traffic or attendance has been? Has there been a lot of traffic by you during Braves games? It's been kind of quiet as of right now. It's been, it's been kind of quiet. You know, and let's think about this. You can't count the Braves out because last year the, the Braves were in the same situation. Yeah, that's the it's whole thing. It's the, whole, it's the same situation. And, of, yeah. course the, the, and of course, the fans are about ready to jump ship. I'm like, hey. You won a you won a championship. Enjoy it, and now yeah. now the uh, the honeymoon is officially over. If there was even if there was even one, and I'm just wondering how long. Uh, well, first of all, I think the the Georgia football championship matters more than the Braves championship. I think that's that's easy. That's an easy statement to make, and I think Atlanta fans are going to enjoy that a lot more next year, especially with college football starting slowly to get back up. I think we're under 100 days to the first games. I know we are 75 days away from uh, high school scrimmages. So, and, oh. I, and I think... Oh, oh Michael Vick is coming to retire. What? Yeah, that's what they said. Who's they? Um. Well, you know, he's going to be playing in his, one, in his um, semi-pro league. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, that should have been your oh, lead. That should have been yeah, your I lead. Heard, I heard. I heard that the report was saying that he he was thinking about coming out of retirement and not. And then he said that he was not playing. So I guess he rescinded that comment as of a couple of hours ago because he he did mention that he that there was one that he was coming back, but he said that he wasn't, uh, that he didn't plan on doing it. There's something else I do want to talk about that I do want to discuss since we're on this football thing. Uh, of course, Nick Saban has came out and made um, some comments about uh, Jimbo Fisher and the players you and him yeah, using Neil. He basically picked a fight with Jimbo Fisher. He picked a fight with Jimbo Fisher, but also kind of looked sideways at Deion Sanders yep. in terms of that. But I have to say that that, uh, Nick Saban, stop it. Stop it right now. Well, well we, we all know, we all know that he pays his players. I mean, that's, that's, that's nothing. And he was just... But, here, but, but the thing is about that, 
that really doesn't matter no. now because Bills is in effect. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Oh, you did. If that's how you got to get your players in here, that that's that's the legal way of doing things. And Jimbo Fisher finished with the number one recruiting class in the country. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Nick Saban finished. Dude. Yeah. What's the problem, Nick? You didn't finish number one, so now you're gonna pick your Jimbo. Mm-hmm. And what about Kirby? Why aren't you make? Why aren't you? Why aren't you uh, taking a shot at Kirby? You know, yeah, he won the he exactly. won the title. You know, make some make some excuse about your wide receivers being hurt. I mean, because let's be honest, your Kirby is your more Kirby is more of your uh, competition than Jimbo is. Exactly. Now, is, is, is Jimbo beat Then okay, fine. <laughs> you know, but that's because Jimbo's gonna be mad at you. Yeah, it's just that simple, man. He's gonna be mad, and, gonna, and the players gonna take it out on you. Mm-hmm. Now, look, for a while, I, you know, you, everybody knows how much of a Florida State fan I am. Yeah, I mean, you're the one. Yeah. You're the one who who uh, Dion uh, basically messed over when you grabbed Travis Hunter out of Collins Hill. Exactly, but I can tell you right now, I was one of the happiest guys. You know why? Because I, I understand what Dion is doing for HBCU. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I understand what he's doing for it. I, I read. Let me see. Did I save that stat? It was a crazy stat, man. Let me see if I saved it in my phone. Anything I look at any kind of sports things, I always save it in my phone, and I did not save it this time. Mm. But I read something on Facebook where it was given off the budget. Okay. And doing recruiting alone, this is just recruiting. Nick Saban used uh, uh, the University of Alabama it, it, when you involved Neil and all of that stuff. Used nine million dollars to budget. I mean, that's that, that's more than that's, that's more than most HBCUs entire entire athletic department budget. That's more than most that's schools' entire entire yeah. That's the state's entire uh, budget, athletic budget is eight million. Yeah, entire budget is eight million. Right. Listen, man, Deion Sanders told him, "I can make you a man. Mm-hmm. I can make you a better man than what you are right now. Come here, and I can make you a better player. I can make you a star in this league. You come to Jackson State. Exactly." Exactly. No way. And I think Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach to ever coach. Okay? I do. I, I really do. But well, there's some things that he has done, and I think this is one thing that he did and one thing that he said that was completely out of bounds. Well, it's like I said, it's the dirty little secret, and now he's getting now he's getting uh, competition, really. And now, he, of course, now you have to argue. Okay, now the guy really has to coach and get in these guys' head. I think Alabama. Uh, well, I think Georgia is complete. The shine has gone off. I think Georgia can beat him anytime, anywhere. Now, it's just a matter of getting someone in his own division to do that. And maybe this year, Texas A and M makes the uh, makes the leap. I don't think so. I think they're maybe another year away. But Alabama is one of those teams that just reloads. They're going to have Bryce Young back for another season. And he's probably going to be—he's probably going to be front runner for the Heisman, front runner for the 
front runner for the uh, number one pick. And you can't discount them because of that. It should be another it, – well, it's going to be Georgia-Alabama in the championship again. There's no, I don't think there's any question of that. And they'll probably meet each other again somewhere in the championship series. Because, again, I – excuse me, because I just haven't seen any evidence that a team has closed the gap with these two. And it's early. Yeah, it's early. I mean, we haven't even gotten to camp. We haven't even gotten to games yet. But there's just nothing I've seen that could dissuade me from the notion – that for the next couple of years, it's going to be Georgia-Alabama in the finals. We'll see a lot about Georgia when they play Oregon in that first game. Now, yeah, man. That's going to be that, it. That gonna, game's oh, going to be huge. That, that's going to be a very big game. It'll, it'll, I mean, we all know it's going to be Labor, Labor Day weekend. It'll be a national – it'll be a night game nationally televised. So that's or more than likely anyway. So we're going to see, we're going to see that. And we'll see what Georgia's got. Because remember, that defense lost base. All that entire defense got drafted in the first three rounds. I know, and that's that was my concern with Georgia as well. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be able to bring back that kind of caliber of talent that they had? That probably was one of the greatest defenses we had ever seen. In yeah, definitely one of the greatest defenses of all time. Definitely. I mean, they yeah. they knocked people out. They you know no one really got in, no one really got even close to Georgia. So maybe instead of winning forty to ten, it'll be forty to twenty. You know, it's one of those yeah. it's it's one of those kind of deals. But Georgia's defense is going to be a little little more worse for wear, and the offense. Uh, you know, quarterback is. I don't think quarterback is going to be an issue. It's just everybody else that's going to be an issue. Um, in terms of they got so many good players. But only one player can play quarterback. I mean, you got Vandergriff. I mean, how long is he going to be waiting on the pine? I think he's a year away. And are they? Will he be content to wait for that extra year? Same thing with. So, I think Vandergriff is going to be the going to be the X factor in all this. So, right. And and the thing, interesting thing about it with Jordan, they actually closed the deal this year. The Jordans have had several great defenses. It's just like um, Alabama and Nick Saban had that psychological advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just they kind of, you know, they would freeze up. So to see them close out this year, and I believe they could, like going back to you said, I believe they could do it again. Yeah, but again, it's, it's just their, it's just their defense that's got to get figured out. Uh, I don't think it'll be as dominant as it was last year, uh, and that might be enough to give somebody. But I still don't think anyone in the East is even on par with them. Uh, Florida's gone through a lot of turmoil. Everyone says Tennessee, but Tennessee always disappoints. You know, same thing with South Carolina, same thing with Kentucky, and don't get me started on the others. So I, so it's really going to be for default, probably by default, Georgia and Alabama one more time, and we'll see if it's if it's closer, and we'll see if any other team in any other uh, part of the country can uh, can put a ha- can put a handle on it. So, all right. Uh, as you know, Daniel and I do do Pace Academy football. Just got a news update from them. Their first game, we knew they were we knew they were playing Holy Innocence, but they are not playing that at Holy Innocence. That game is going to be at Riverwood. Actually, that's going to be at Riverwood okay. Stadium on two eighty on two eighty five. A 
They did a great job at Riverwood. I've never been there, but I always see it as I'm passing 285. It is they whatever they did to it. They kind of, I think they re, they uh, might have built a whole new grandstand, whole new stadium. It looks really nice for what they did. I'm gonna. Oh, that is, I'm gonna really look forward to it. So tell you a bit about that. That is my wife's alma mater. Okay. Yeah. So okay. yeah, they may be joining me for that game. You never know. She yeah. hasn't been there since she graduated. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's going to be interesting, and and I believe the reason why they're moving that game down is because well, because like uh, I said, Holy Innocence doesn't have lights. Holy Innocence doesn't have lights, so they yeah. have to move it there. So they have and Holy to move Innocence it. is nothing but. I think five minutes away from Riverwood. Right. I'm not I mean, it's not it's not yeah. far at all. Yeah. And it should be a good one. Okay. Now wait a minute. All right, hold on just a minute. And it's actually, if this date is right, looks like it's a Saturday game. Because it's because oh, wow. August twentieth is the Saturday. And that is that. Well, okay. And it could be because Riverwood may have a home game that yeah, night. Yeah, let me check if Riverwood's got a home game that night. Oh, that's – okay, that's even better. That's, yeah, that's ten times better. Yeah. Right, let's see. Let's see if I can find that. So, yeah, so that's going to be a Saturday. Um, where am I going on this thing? Come on. All right, Riverwood, Riverwood. Just quickly looking on this schedule, see if I can find Riverwood. Yeah, they play Alexander. No, I don't Oh, uh, okay, there it is. Well, that can't be right. Oh, that's weird. Huh. All right. It says Alexander on the 19th, and it says at home. Uh, okay, yeah, you're right. It is, yeah. Riverwood hosts Alexander on the 19th. So it's Alexander on the 19th, and we're on the 20th. Yeah. So, so that's exactly that, that, what that is. Great. That is great news for us. <laughs> we don't have to worry about getting off of work. Yes, exactly. Like I don't have to that. worry about Friday night. We can watch. We can come back Friday home. Night. We can watch some Corky Kell action on Peachtree TV. Yeah. Uh, so we can do that. So that's so that's good. And of course, we've got the Reinhardt Faulkner game on on August twenty fifth, and the day after that is Pace at Westminster on the twenty sixth. Yep. So that should be a lot of fun. But, again, that's in 75 days. We'll be sure to talk more about that as the summer progresses. Again, uh, we won't be with you next week. I have to go to Las Vegas for the next two weekends. Um, uh, it's, it's my normal Memorial Day, but um, my father's funeral is on t the day after Memorial Day, and I'm just going to hang around for an extra week to help out my mom. That funeral will actually be live-streamed. And so I will um, catch my social media. I'll be sure to post a link to that as I will be delivering the eulogy for that particular ceremony. So, again, you'll be able to – I'll be sure to post that link. So it looks like our next uh, presentation will be three weeks from – or two weeks from today. Three weeks from today. And we'll have the NBA all done. And we'll be getting college fo – getting football ramped up. So I hope you can join us. Thank you so much. I'm John Morgan for – Leon Brown, Daniel Bolton, appreciate all your support. And we'll drop this on Tuesday on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate you all supporting us here on The Last Three Guys to Do a Podcast. Have a good night.